You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. on the Power Hour. Join us for a most excellent show about the two great ones, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. We are going to talk bodacious babes. We are going to talk royal ugly dudes. And we are going to talk about Nelson. Yeah, that's right. Nelson. If the only truism consists in knowing you know nothing that we've got it made. So be excellent to each other and party on, dudes, because here we go. Hey there, how's it going? Welcome to the Retro Age Pop Culture Power. I am Mikey. I am Corey. We're back. I'm pretty sure we're back. Yeah, well, we've taken a week or two off. We think. We've been busy, though. We've been doing extra we have. We've been we've extra been doing shows, extra shows, special shows, Bonus, special editions, bonuses, bonus editions. So, um, as you guys know, because you've heard us talk about it a lot, we should have put on the. This is an NBC special report. Yeah, we should have done that. Um, we we are uh, working in cooperation with uh, Grand Comic Fest, and uh, Grand Comic Fest is. April 21st through 23rd, Grand Island, Nebraska. I yeah. can say that. I remember it now because I've said it so many times. I know. I still got to look it up. Uh, but we've been interviewing the guests that are going to be out there. And we've got some really good interviews out there already. Uh, we've got uh, you know the folks from Land of the Lost, uh, Wesley and, and Kathy from Land of the Lost. Um, I do want to say that those who love my voice, I'm only on two of those interviews. Yes. You are on... Mark, uh, Mark Atchison. Yep. Um, and you were on Wesley's. Wesley, yes. Yes. So um, I apologize for not being there for the others. You guys will have to just wait till this episode comes out to hear my lovely, lovely voice. Well, if they're hearing it now, they have waited for this episode. They out. have. Yes. So I thank you. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we've got, uh, two or three more. That's just super cocky, this right there. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not that cocky. But, yeah, whatever. You know. I do have a lovely voice. You do. <laughs> uh, we got two or three more um, episodes of the special spotlight series for Grand Comic Fest coming out. Um, good stuff. Yeah, a lot, lot of fun stuff. But uh, and we'll be out there. We'll be uh, hanging out in Podcast Alley, doing hanging out with celebrities, hanging out with the celebs, hanging out with uh, creators and wrestlers, wrestlers and and our friends and other people and just you know everybody that's there and we're. We're going to bring out, if you were there last year, you know what we did. We're not quite sure what we did, but you know. Yeah. Uh, we had we threw everything together. Last minute. <laughs> but we had video games. We had like uh, Sega and Atari that we that we had set up to play. And then we had cartoons playing and we wrestling. We had cartoons playing. and wrestling. And I think this year we're going to set it up a little bit different. We're going to have a lot of that same stuff. Yeah, we're going to have the TV set up with video games and all that. Uh 
Probably not as much just random shit. Yeah, we had a lot of random stuff. Um, and I think we're going to be out there uh, selling some stuff. I think some of that stuff is still packed up a lot from last year, too. I, gotta, I know my I know. Own. I've got to dig that stuff out so I can bring some of the stuff this year. Uh, <laughs> I went home. I set... I had, like, three boxes of stuff. I set them in a chair. And about two weeks ago, I was looking for something, and I picked those very same boxes up out of the chair that I set them in a, one year ago. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, let's probably go through this shit and... See what I need to bring. Like, I got all our, our business cards and stickers and mm-hmm. shit. They're in a box. Right over there. Somewhere. I think it's still over there. Yeah. Or it went downstairs. One of the two. It's in one of two spots. Well, I know I know the business cards are in that box. I, I found everything. It, it's still packed up. So, um, I'll go through that. I'll you know, kind of weed out what doesn't need to be in there that we didn't get. Because a lot of it we didn't even use. We no, we had like eight tables full of shit, and we didn't use half the stuff we brought. No, we just had it for display, so it was like a conversation starters. And, and it actually worked. It worked. So now we know what to bring for conversation starters, and uh, it'll be good. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're we're looking forward to it. So if you guys are around and you can make it out to Grand Island, Nebraska, it's only, it's only like two hours from from Omaha. Yeah, and if if you don't live in Omaha, it's further away, probably. Yeah, unless you're like in Lincoln or somewhere somewhere closer, closer to Grand, Grand Island. Island. Yeah, if you're closer to Grand Island. Then you're closer to Grand Island, and you're closer to us. Well, not well for that weekend at least. Yeah. So yeah, you can come hang out um, after the uh, convention closes. We will be probably at that arcade bar down downtown. Yeah. So if you want to come down and play video games with us, come down. We'll have fun. We're, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. So. Um, but yeah, so we're looking forward to that. We've we've got we've learned a lot of stuff, you know. Um, just the last few weeks. Just in the last couple of weeks, we've learned a ton about the guests, and that's what this series was for. Yeah. So, uh, and they've 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 really enjoyed it. They have, and some of them have even gone back and listened to some of our shows and said that we are decent. Yeah. They said we've enjoyed listening to the, especially when we talked about stuff that they were involved in. We've upgraded from from okay to decent to decent. Yeah, and celebrity endorsed. Yes. Um, we can't use their names, but no, <laughs> no, we'd have to pay them, but, uh, and we're broke. Yeah. There's, <laughs> they are, we are celebrity endorsed. Um, yeah. So anything gone on in the last few weeks other than that? I mean, we, you've actually been down to my house a couple times in the last couple weeks. I've been down to your house once. Once. Yes. You're going to be down next week too. Yep. As so. long as I can get that new tire put on my car. Oh yeah. You don't have a tire in your car. Yeah. I don't have a tire in my car right now. Cause I had a, f- I have a flat and I went to go put my spare on. And my spare is thrashed. So. This is starting to sound like a Charlie Daniels song. Well, my spare was flat and I got up tight. Huh? All we need now is a fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> we need a fiddle and. and uh, so I got a. You need a cowboy hat. I got a cowboy. Yeah, I need a cowboy hat. You do. Um, and so boots. I got boots. Yeah. You need to wear your boots to the con. Oh, uh, yeah. I got to wear my boots to the con. You do. Because actually they're more comfortable than my tennis shoes. Yes. <laughs> That's that's what I was, that's what I was saying because you were talking about your feet hurting last year. You need to wear your boots. Yeah, I wore my I went well I went to Soulfly two weeks ago. Okay, yeah. And I wore my tennis shoes because I never wear tennis shoes to a concert. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I've been on my feet all day. I'm gonna wear my t- my shoes. You know, they're nice and cushy. They're squishy. And fuck, dude. Towards the end of the night, I was fucking. My feet were hurting. <laughs> my shoulder hurt from getting fucking pushed by fucking dickheads in the mosh pit. Oh, I hate that. And it's not even moshing anymore, man. They just kind of. It was like they were they were helicoptering. I hate I hate that shit. And then they were kicking like fucking donk or like jackasses. Yeah. 
you know, not, you know, actually they were act- jack kicking like jackasses, but they looked like jackasses. Looked like donkeys, yeah. yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And I'm trying to enjoy the show, and I've already got a problem with my shoulder anyway. Yeah. And these guys kept fucking running into me, and I'm trying to push them out of my way, and I didn't fucking hurt my shoulder. Uh, and luckily, it took the next day off. That's good. I had planned ahead. I already told my boss I'm going to a concert. I'm not coming in tomorrow. Huh? And he understood. He's an old. He's an old rocker. Yeah, that's cool. And so I got up early or late, I guess, and moped around like I was hungover, and I didn't drink anything. Yeah. Took, took my oldest with me. And oh, he, he actually went. Huh? Yeah, he went. He had a good. He he left early. He drove himself. Okay. And he left early, but he had a good time, and he kept asking me if I was going to get in the pit. I'm like, fuck no, dude. I'm too old for that shit. I want to watch the show. Yeah. So I was standing by the soundstage, and that pit was got big enough to fucking go past the soundstage. Oh my god, it was huge. Yeah. But it was it was a good time, man. And then la- this week we had wrestling. We had wrestling. Yeah. That was fun. And then you got we got. I'm gonna try to go to wrestling on Friday. Uh, yeah, I'll be there Friday. Um, another, should, another show. Yeah. Uh, so at uh, at wrestling this week, something funny happened. So, without going into too much detail about who's who, because some of you don't know, others probably don't care. <laughs> you know about our, but those who do know, those who do know. So, there is uh, obviously in wrestling the basic formula of good guys and bad guys. Yep. And you guys get the table right outside the stage door where they walk in and out. Yeah, that's our normal table. That's a, that's your normal and we sit on the other side straight across from. And then we give you guys then then we give each other's weird looks. And yeah, we blow, f- blow kisses at each flip other. Flip each other off and whatnot. You flip me off. Yes. Oh, dude, I'm blowing you kisses. I'm the I bad know. guy. So I get to play a bad guy um on commentary. So I had some business to take care of back in the locker room. Oh, yeah. So I walked back to the locker room, right? And I'm back there. I took care of, talked to everybody I need to talk to, got everything straightened out. And then I had to go get two guys because we needed them on the microphone. Yeah. So I went, and, and there's two, probably I would say right now, two of the most hated villains in the locker room. Oh. Okay. So I went back and got them. And can we just say their names? Yeah, their names are Purple and Xander. Xander, Xander McIntosh. Yeah. So, I went back and got them, and when I came back out, a fan sitting ringside stopped me, and he goes, "Hey, can you do me a favor?" And I go, "What's up?" And I, so I'm kind of playing a character. Where I'm trying not to be a major dick, and I didn't know who this guy was. I go, "What's up?" And he goes, "Those two guys over there, they came by here, and they were mean to me." And I go. They're doing their job. Which two guys? And he pointed, and that's when I saw him standing over. They're waiting for me now to come over and do the recording. He goes, they, they were mean to me. And I said, those two? Yeah, and I go, those two are my buddies. And I go, they were mean. I go, what did they do that was so mean to you? He goes, they told me to shut up. I go, well, what'd you say to them? He goes, well, I told them I didn't like what they were doing. I go, well, you need to shut up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. And I walked away. And that guy, the look on his face was like, what the hell is going on? Everybody's telling him to shut up. We're all the bad guys. And so I go over. And That's those guys that were sitting over by me. Yes. On the very end. And I go, and I told, I told him, I said, well, you need to shut up. I said, be nice. And I walked away. And he looked at me like, 
what a dick. And then, <laughs> so we got done recording our thing, and so I was telling the other guys that were over there, and I, I kind of pointed at the guy, and the guy looked at me and like gave me like a, what the fuck are you pointing at look. And yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get my ass kicked at a wrestling show. This is awesome. Oh my God, dude. So yeah, it was fun. But yeah, we had the wrestling show. Um, what else? Are you? I'm always doing something, but... but yeah, you had a busier weekend than me. I worked and went to wrestling, dude. That's well, about it. Sometimes my activities aren't proper to speak about on the air. No, So no. we're not going to talk about all that. No, those are extracurriculars. Oh, I do want to talk about <laughs> your nephew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So earlier, when I got here... Because we know my sister's going to listen to this. Yeah. So <laughs> Corey's sister was over here. And his, his nephew, which he's about what, four? No, four, he's five, six, seven. Seven? Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm horrible at judging kids' ages. So he's about seven. Um, but he, 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 he got to be younger than that because of, of the question he asked. He's in, I think he's in first grade. He might be six. Yeah. Yeah. So, seven. I, I was six in first grade. Um, I was seven. Well, that's because you got held back in kindergarten. Because <laughs> 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 you didn't know your colors. I didn't. So, what color is that? It, it it doesn't taste like a grape. Yeah, <laughs> quit, t- quit eating your damn crayons. That doesn't taste like purple to me. Yeah, this doesn't taste right. Oh, I didn't eat purple. So, I uh, <laughs> we were watching some. There's some cool retro show on now, and we were watching that. I don't even remember what the hell it's called. It, something retro. Hold on, it was you know yeah. You you taped it. So, um, we were, uh, it, it's it's they like show clips from old. TV shows and whatnot, and uh, it was on the Vice channel. Yeah, so it's on Vice. It's on Vice, and it was they have like a panel of comedians and actors and stuff, and they show these clips, these funny clips from old TV shows, or they were doing like the scrambled porn thing. And that's what, that's what. Yeah. So they, they they were talking about how you know back in the day you tried to watch Cinemax and it was scrambled, and now and again you might see a, a nipple or something. So that's all I needed was a scrambled nipple, and I was fine. So they were doing a game on there where they showed a scrambled TV show, and the panel was trying to guess if it was porn or not. And <laughs> the uh, the one, two of them were, and two of them weren't. But the one was from Hulk Hogan's appearance on the Love Boat, and they showed a picture of him. He had two guys that were down on their knees, and he had like headlocks on him or something. He was holding their hair. He was holding their hair, yeah. And one of the comedians said. But look, Hulk Hogan's got a boner, and your and then your nephew turned to your sister and says, "Mom, what's a boner?" And she goes, "No, he said what's porn." No, he said what's a boner. Oh, I thought you said what's porn. No, he said what's a boner, and she looked at him. She goes, "I, uh, that's how adults fold clothes." And I'm sitting next to her on the couch, and he has back to me, and I look at her, and I go, "How adults fold clothes? What the fuck?" <laughs> and she was like. You know how adults fold clothes, or they go in the bedroom to do their taxes. And I go, "Oh, you go in your bedroom to do your taxes." She goes, "Uh huh." And I go, "Well, in that case, I got my accounting degree last night." <laughs> and and she was laughing. She's like, "Shut up!" And I go, "And it wasn't TurboTax either. It was a long form." Oh my god! <laughs> and she was like, "Would you shut up?" But um, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. So uh. Apparently, I do taxes. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's, oh, I was sitting here, too. I wouldn't even pay attention. You, yeah, I know. And, and we were trying to whisper, like, the part of it. And and you were b- being horrible at reading lips because you're like, what? What? 
<laughs> but yeah, I was like, that was pretty fucking good. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So, uh, I can't wait till he goes back to his dad's house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, what, yeah. I'm going to go get a boner. Yeah. You're going to do what? It comes out all, all the clothes, clothes are folded. folded. <laughs> or, or he says, Dad, mom, mom took a whole basket of towels into the bedroom and got a boner. Had a, got a boner. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Where's the boner towels? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, my so, sister's going to kick our ass. What's new? <laughs> so, we're off topic already. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even started topic, but no, we're off topic. We're getting, we're, we, do this on, we do this so we can get it all out of the way first. Well, and it, you know for a fact that something else is going to come up as we're talking. Oh, yeah. Um, But... Yeah, so so we did all that. So that's why we haven't had a show is because uh, it's tax season. <laughs> yes, I haven't done my taxes in quite a while. <laughs> been, you're gonna get a, a penalty. It's been years since I got my taxes done. <laughs> you're gonna get a penalty. <laughs> but the thing I is, sure do miss getting them taxes. You're gonna you're gonna have to pay it back with interest. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All in the built-up taxes. <laughs> so anyways, um, is there anything else we need to talk about? <laughs> Jesus Oh, Christ. God. Um, oh, I started watching this crazy fucking drag show on Shudder. Oh, uh, the... Dragula. The, yes. Yes, Dude, it's, 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 with the Bole Brothers or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. It's so good, though. It, yeah, it actually is. It's, it's entertaining as hell. I started watching it this morning. Jamie was watching it. She's like, turn this off. I'm like, why? She's like, because Charlotte's going to want to watch this later. I was like, all right, so we'll, we'll watch it later. Yeah. But it's cool shit. And it's like a horror-themed drag show. Yeah. Um, and some of the ideas they come up with and some of the themes and the, the makeup they do, being a makeup artist, holy shit, that's oh, yeah, amazing, you know? Uh, it's, it's entertaining as hell. And not to get too political, but drag is entertaining. Drag is entertaining. It's dude, art. You know what? I found out that, because we were watching that, that RuPaul's drag show. Yeah. My wife got me into that. I'm like, this is crazy. Oh, this yeah, it's great. nuts. RuPaul, back in like the 80s, was in a punk band. Yes. She was a singer for a punk band. Yes. Uh, I didn't know that. I yeah, like, I, I knew that. Never have seen, I would have never have guessed that. Oh, yeah. And RuPaul's a badass. Yeah. So, yeah. Dragon's art. Dragon's art. Fuck off if you're making it illegal. Um, They're trying. They're trying. I know. It's bullshit. So, that's all the political we're going to get. But yeah. uh, it, it, I don't see that as necessarily a political thing. I see that as a be fucking decent to people and leave them the fuck Dude, alone. that's what I'm saying. You I know. Mean, I said that. A and couple, we do say that a lot. I said that a fucking few, like a month or two ago, and my buddy got all pissy that I've known my whole life and fucking just yep. disappeared. Shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's bullshit. Um, we have friends that that do things like that. You know, that, that they may perform in drag or, or whatever. They're fucking good people. Leave them the fuck alone. They're, they're not hurting. They're anybody. having the time of their life. Yeah, and they're 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 doing shit that they want to do. Leave them alone. Yeah. So that's all we're gonna say about that. This has been a special report to you by the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Yeah. Now back to your spare scheduled program. Be decent to each other, goddammit. Um. So we should have those on every show. We should. We yeah, just go on a little fucking mini rant about something. Little special reports. Yeah. I kind of getting on topic. 
kind of. So think well, back. Well, we did say the exit to each other. Well, yeah, well, don't give it away yet. They read the title. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> um, they know what the show is. So, yeah, they see all the pictures and shit. Yeah. We're not trying to keep it a secret. Yeah. We don't want to not to let you know. So, back in, when you were in, in high school, because that's usually when these these uh, projects would come up. When I got to do my taxes? No, well, I, I... I had a lot of projects come up in high yeah. school to do my taxes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you didn't know how to do your taxes in high school. You, you screwed up. Yeah, I had to start over. And there's a series coming Six up where... Six or seven times a day. We have a little <laughs> we have a little series coming up where you're, you're going to hear about the first time that I ever did my taxes. But not <laughs> not today. Not today. <laughs> and it's actually pertinent to the topic that we're going to do down the road. Okay. Okay. Um, it's actually very pertinent to it. Or, or it's at least a part of it. Can you say pertinent one more time? Pertinent. 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 Remember that, um, that just made me think of, remember that, um, that, uh, shampoo Pert? Pert, Pert Plus. I don't know if they, if they still make Pert, but. I think they do. Back when I it had It comes hair, in a green bottle, I think. Yeah, I used to love Pert. I, and I used to think it, I used to think that Pert was like high dollar fucking shampoo. No, that's like low grade shit, man. But it, we didn't have it. We had like the big jug with the, with the, the squeezy pump on top. That's my favorite one. It smells like strawberries. Yeah. It was like a, like a six gallon jug that you just like. It last you like a, like a year. Yeah. You like set it in the corner of the shower and it was like a fucking gigantic jug. Yeah. Man. Those are my, those are the best ones, dude. So we used to get that because it was cheap. Basically, my and mom got Dove. I can't use Dove, man. It, just, it makes me oil, oily. Really? Yeah. Their uh, chocolate is much better than their soap products. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dark chocolate tastes way better than their, than their shampoo. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so so I always thought Pert was like was like high dollar shampoo, and it was because like the the, the when I whenever I saw Pert, it was like at my grandparents' house, and my grandparents they they, you know, they bought expensive shit sometimes. And I'm like, oh, look at that. They got pert. I'm like, I want pert. And my parents are like, you don't need pert. I thought pert and head and shoulders were like high dollar shit. Oh, yeah, dude. And it was like special shampoo. But you know what kind of shampoo we had that was high dollar shit that I was using? Fucking Vidal Sassoon. Oh, yeah. That shit was like high dollar like salon shampoo. But my dad, and we didn't have it all the time, but my dad used to do security. He had a buddy that would... Uh, he bought like big lots, and this is before big lot stores or bin stores were yeah. a thing. This guy would buy big lots, or he'd buy bins, or uh, if a it was like if a train derailed or if a, something happened with a truck, they would sell the contents. They might be damaged. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah. So he buy like damage cases and shit, and he would set up about he would he would stockpile this shit, and then about four to six times a year he would get a giant big top tent. And he would put all the shit in the tent and he'd have a tent sale. And it might be a pallet of Vidal Sassoon. It might be, uh, he got the, my dad one time got these fucking washcloths that they had a little, it was for, for kids. It was like a mitten. Oh, yeah. And then you put a, a little bar of like hotel soap in mm-hmm. there. And they might, it was like a little puppet, but you put soap in it and then you could wash with it. And so it they puppet. got a foaming monster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had a shark one. I had, uh, I don't know, like some fucking teddy bear or something. So yeah, I'm washing myself with this fucking teddy bear. Um, we, we, we won't talk about that. It had nothing to do with the first time I did taxes either. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I was self-filing. <laughs> um, I did my own. I did my own taxes. Um, so. I was all by myself. It was great. Yeah. I, so he would, he would buy, you know, cause again, 
didn't have a lot of money. This stuff would be cheap. So he, he bought like a case of Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. Every like a couple months, he might get a, a case of Vidal Sassoon or whatever, or twice a year. But in the meantime, we'd have that big jug of fucking strawberry shit. Or fucking orange marmalade. Fucking yeah, dude, that shit was great. Man. It, like, just, but you smelled you like know you were clean. Yeah, you, you smelled, smelled like it for days. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, we had Vidal Sassoon, which was high dollar fucking salon shit, and here I am thinking fucking pert and head and shoulders, just fucking highbrow fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's like no, that's for dandruff, you dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so made your hair fall out. Yeah. Well, look at me now. I know. Got some pert. My fucking hair fell out. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, what the fuck? Were, oh, yeah, we're talking about high school. Yeah. Um, so, when you're when you were in high school, did you ever have to do like a big project for a class? Uh, yeah. And somehow it always either got fucked up, or you fucked your way through it, just like blew it off and fucked your way through it. What did you do? <laughs> I've got a few of them. Well, the one I can remember, I was a junior or senior in high school, and it was for English writing. <laughs> I'm not a writer. Right. So the only thing I could come up with that was going to sound good was Metallica's Welcome Home Sanitarium. Okay. And so I took every other line and I moved it down and flip-flopped the lines. <laughs> and I did the whole song. Oh, I mean, at least the first part of the chorus, before the chorus. Yeah. I did all that. And then I changed the name from Welcome Home, Welcome Home Sanitarium to Welcome Home Cotter. Oh, Jesus. I got an A-plus on that. Wow. This is before they checked for plagiarism. Uh-huh. And we didn't have the internet at my school. Yeah? We had we had um, Oregon Trail and Monster Muncher, Monster Math, whatever the oh, fuck uh, it was. Oh, number, number Muncher? Yeah. Yeah. And we did talk about those uh, in season one. Season one, we did. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that was my, my one A-plus I got in that class. You just reminded me of one that I did. I think it was a sophomore, actually. I had to write a creative writing thing. And I am a writer. You know, I can write. But I didn't want to. So I was really big into Henry Rollins' spoken word and Henry Rollins' books that yep. he wrote. I took a story that Henry Rollins told about a homeless man that he would visit on the streets of Washington, D.C. As, as a young man, as a child, you know, like a teenager or whatever. Yeah. And I took that story, changed one name in it. I changed the guy's name. That was it. And I changed the name from Paul... To Phil. And I wrote that whole thing almost word for word and turned it in. And I got like a high grade. I was like, this is so creative. I'm like, thanks. Almost like it really happened, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, she's like, wow, this is really good. I would do that kind of shit all the time, right? Uh, just come up with some bullshit. One time, we had to draw out of a hat or out of a box, whatever they had. She had all these pictures that she had cut out of magazines. And we had to draw a picture and then write a story about the picture. And the picture that I got was a courtroom. All this, like the jury in the jury box. Yeah. And on the screen was a picture of a human skull. I wrote this story and she was like, this is the most, like, ridiculous story. She goes, this thing is, like, brutal. Because it was. Yeah. Um, basically what it was, I took that. I mixed a couple of movies together. Um, the one, I don't remember what the one movie, or if it was a movie or if it was a, a story of a serial killer. It was one, one or the other. But I, I said like how I was collecting body parts from all these people I was killing and I was on, uh, I was on trial and all this. But when they 
sentenced me to death. I got put in the electric chair. They electrocuted me, and I became superhuman. And I could travel through electricity. That's shocker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, and so I told that story. Um, another one, I told the story, and it's, it's one of the Hellraisers. The one where they have that big statue that's in the guy's apartment. Oh, that's Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3. Yeah. I did Hellraiser 3 almost scene for scene for one story. Um, so, yeah, I did all the shit. But the big one, and it was in the same class. It was English composition. I was a senior year, senior in, in high school. We had to team up, and we had to write a term paper on something. It could be anything. But we had to go to the college library, and we had to get... You know, resource material, we checked it out, and then we put it all together, and then the teacher would take it back. Um, my two friends, one being my buddy Corby that we yeah. talk about, he listens to the show. Um, me and him and our buddy Joe, who Joe was uh, pretty twisted, uh, we decided we would team up because, you know, nobody probably wanted to work with any of us anyways. Yeah. we were really weird. And we decided to do uh, a term paper on um, mythology. Okay. Okay. Well, when it came time to go to the library, only one one person from the group could go do the research. I think I had a wrestling tournament. I couldn't go, and Corby couldn't go for some reason. So Joe went, and we're like, what the fuck is he going to bring back? Oh, God. And so he brings back all these books. It was great. I stole one of them. Um, so checked out his name. You stole it? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. funny. Um, so I might still have it. Uh, but we, we did like this term paper on uh, mythology, and we named it How the Gods Kill. That's a dancing Danzig cover. Yeah, it's yes. a dancing song. And it's an album too. And this was a thing. If you don't pass this term paper, you do not graduate. And we basically ripped off a lot of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, you we can't passed. get away with that shit now. No, dude. we they, passed. I don't know how they check for plagiarism, but it must be like certain words or it's, phrases. Yeah, it's certain phrases and the way it's written and all that. I was in, and this one is stupid. I was in home ec. And would you plagiarize in home ec? Well, I didn't plagiarize anything. This is just a stupid presentation. I, I made this is my own homemade spaghetti sauce. It no, like Prego. No, no, no. <laughs> we had to make uh, clothing. Okay, we had to sew. We learned how to sew. One kid took in and you know we had like the the big. They, they weren't like industrial sewing machines, but they were the heavy duty. Oh sewing yeah, machines, right. Because they had a bunch of kids that didn't know what they're doing, so they had to get the good, good ones. And they're the ones like folded into the table. So one kid. Oh, my grandma had one of those. Yeah, yeah, they're like heavy duty. One kid sewed through his fingernail, trying to thread the needle, and he hit the pedal and ran his finger through the needle and sewed across his fingernail. Oh, that's cool. It, it, it all in all probably bad. Fucking hurt. There was blood everywhere. And it was nasty. Um, but we, I made the one the first year. I did this twice. The first year. I made a pair of neon. This is when neon was big. You know, this was uh, early 90s. This might have even been junior high. So it would have been like 89. So spandex. No, I didn't didn't do spandex. It was too hard to work with. But I made, neon was big. I made neon pink sweatpants. Oh, nice. Okay. Neon pink. And other kids made neon green and neon blue. We made this shit. And then we're informed... That we would be doing a fashion show <laughs> on stage with the shit that we had made. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. And the teacher said, then you will fail this class. Okay, looking back, 
my life probably would not be much different than it is now if I fucking failed home ec. No. It, I mean, honestly, it probably would not. But but I was scared of failing a class back then in, like, seventh grade. So I'm like, okay. So you modeled your... Uh, and we had to come up with a skit to model. Oh, boy. So all the boys got together, because I had a lot of boys in my, in my home ec class. So all the boys get together, and we're like, we're going we're gonna to go together, all of us. Okay, what are you going to do? We got. We thought, we're like, we're going to be on stage the least amount of time we can. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a track meet in our sweatpants. We're going to do a track. How are you going to do it? We're going to run a relay. Okay, so what's your plan? We're going to have a baton, and one of us is going to take off, and we're going to run across the stage and pass the baton to the next guy. Then he's going to run across the stage and pass it, you know, run the other way back and pass it to the next guy. She's like, that sounds great. Well, she caught on to what we were doing why we were going to run. So yeah. we didn't have to be on the fucking stage. She made us do it in slow motion. Oh, God. So we're up on the stage. Our parents are there. All the parents are there. The fucking whole town is there. Did your dad record this by chance? No. Well, no, no. We didn't have a camcorder. Oh, that'd be great. Um, The entire, like, town is there because also part of it was you had to bring a dessert. And there was a dessert buffet after the fashion show. There was refreshments. So, of course... Every fucking old person in town wanted to come up for free dessert. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, dude, I would come up for free dessert. Um, I think I brought a box of Little Debbie's or something <laughs> for dessert. But uh, so, yeah, we had to do this slow motion fucking run. track meet run. And, yeah, we felt stupid as fuck up there. I'm up there in a pair of pink pants running around. But they look, but you made it, you made it look good. Well, my seam was crooked, so they didn't fit quite right. So I'm up there in ill-fitting, ill-fitted, ill-fitted pink sweatpants. Oh man! The second year I did it, I think I was a junior in high school. You went, you did this twice. Well, I took home ec. It was an easy class, and except for you couldn't get that seam right, so you're well. Now you're pissing out your now you're pissing out your pocket. Well, pretty much pocket. Fuck, I didn't sew no pockets in these fucking things. <laughs> um, this the, the the second time I had to do it. Oddly enough, some of the same dudes were in my class. You know, and we had to sew, and they're like, you need to make something that's a little more difficult, not just, you know, you need to make like an outfit. You had to make a whole outfit. Like, you make a leisure suit? No, I made another sweatsuit because I was in wrestling. And I thought I can wear this when I'm trying to lose weight. Yeah. It'd be a, a layer, you know, to wear over my trash bag that I would wear to sweat. And so I got this fucking sweatsuit, and it, the top was two-toned. It was black. The sleeves were black. It was black. And then partway down, it had a white belly. Looked like a Care Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it had a white belly. It was and, don't give a fuck bear. And then it was and then it was black at the bottom again, right? So you had to sew this white insert in there. And the white insert that I picked said wrestling. And it had these like two dudes fucking amateur wrestling on it. And I'm like, ah, this would be cool. Well, I completely fucked that up. And they said, you got to come up with a skit. We're like, oh, for fuck's sake. And she's like, you're not doing the track meet again. I remember that from like yeah. four years ago. She remembered it. Also, so yeah. same teacher, small school. So we're like, we'll play a card game. We're gonna play cards. Yeah. And when you say our name, we'll get up from the table. We'll do our walk, and we'll go back and sit down at the table. She's like, okay. What do you mean you're gonna play cards? We're like, we're gonna be sitting at a table playing poker. She's like, okay. Well, what she didn't know, she we we rehearsed it, and we just had playing cards. Yeah. But when we actually were there, we all had money, like fake money, 
stuffed in our waistband. Yeah. And so we got up on stage just before the curtains opened. We all pulled the money out. We had this gigantic pile of fucking money on our table. And it pissed her off because we were gambling now. Oh, my God. It pissed her off so fucking bad. And so the curtain opens. She's standing there, like, announcing us. And she turns around to look to see which one, of you know, like, to make sure we got up from the table and all that and was watching us do our walk. And she turns around. She sees this gigantic pile of money. And she's like, what the hell? And we had a guy that brought pizza. Yeah. He was like, oh, the pizza's here. The pizza man comes in holding pizzas. And so he comes in. He's holding pizzas. He sets the pizzas down, does his walk, and when he walks back by, we reach over and grab. We're supposed to be frozen. It's like we were, we were frozen, and then when they said our name, we moved. And so we're frozen. We got our cards. And when the pizza guy walked by, we grabbed a giant pile of money and handed it to him. <laughs> we got in so much fucking trouble. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so it's just dumb shit like that. So, yeah, we're just trying to make the best out of these stupid-ass projects that they made us do or trying to take the easy way out. Yeah. And because, I mean, we we're kind of fuck-ups in school. That's know? pretty much how I was. Yeah, I mean, so, but I know what we were inspired by. The ultimate school project that was has ever been done. Which is what? Well, it all started in San Dimas. The two great ones? The two great ones. They fell into a little trouble. Well, yes, they did. They, they, they fell into a little trouble, and they, they almost didn't graduate. And them not graduating would mean that one of them would have to go to military school. In Alaska. In Alaska. And the band, Wild Stallions, would never come to be. And that's what saved the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Bill and Ted. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk, yeah. We're an hour... We're well, about we're, an hour in. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're about half hour in. About half hour in. And that's our topic. Um, so, yeah, Bill and Ted. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, so do I. I, but I love this whole series of movies. Um, Bill and Ted, uh, basically, the, the idea is that uh, they say they're idiotic teenagers, but this has also been named one of the best stoner movies ever. They're not even stoners. Uh, kind of. They, they resemble stoners. They're just stupid. In a way, uh, kind of. You never see them do drugs or drugs. No, no, you never saw them do any of that shit. No. Um, but, yeah, they they go to San Dimas High School. And I did a little research. This is going to be a major... It's, it's, it's on-topic-ish. Ish. You're going to tell me San Dimas High School doesn't exist? I'm going to tell you it does. So, we're going to talk kinda about... Like the mo- kind of like the school from the Breakfast Club? Doesn't exist? Right. San Dimas High School does exist. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, I was going to tell you a little bit about San Dimas. Got a little information about San Dimas? Let me Dimas. hear about San Dimas. Okay. Well, San Dimas is, uh, it's Spanish for uh, St. Dismas. Who's? St. Dismas is uh, the, 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 he's known as Kind of like San Diego means a whale's vagina. Yes, exactly. Um, St. Saint, Saint Dismas was the, uh, the good thief. Or the thief of the cross. It's a it's a biblical reference. Okay. Right. Uh, so it is in the uh, San Gabriel Valley of Los Angeles County, California, and uh, as of the twenty twenty census, it does have a population of thirty four thousand nine hundred twenty four people. That's not a lot, man. It really isn't. It really isn't for a movie for a town about that has its own movie. Yeah. It you would think there'd be more people. Yeah. But, yeah, they just kind of plucked it out, and, and uh, it, uh, 
historically, the it's in the, uh, the San Dimas Canyon in the San Gabriel Mountains. So they, uh, it's it's near uh, Glenora. We've heard about Glenora. Yeah. And Pomona. I've heard of Pomona. Pomona. We we have kind of a joke um, about. Well, it's not, it's just some, it's an inside joke with uh, the Russian Lake Sweet Boys, uh, Mike and Sam. Yeah. Pomona is uh, where they hold XPW, the the violent death match. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. They hold all their their pay per view specials in Pomona. It's in the Derby Room, the world famous Derby Room in Pomona, California. Okay. And the I guess they have the best French fries in the fucking world. Really? Apparently, the the Derby Room apparently has wonderful French fries. You know what? San Dimas has the most excellent water slides. It's in it's in this. Is it? Yes. Oh shit. Um. So they. Uh, but yeah, we, we actually had a uh, an associate that went out to Pomona recently, um, one of uh, Mike and Sam's friends, and at at our request, they went and visited the Derby Room, had French fries. They said they were pretty fucking good. No shit. Yeah. So if 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 I ever get to Pomona, I'm gonna try the French fries at the Derby Room. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, this is some information that I found on San Dimas. It, it was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it, it has a hot, dry summer, and we have hot, dry summers. Yeah, we do. We do. But their average monthly temperature in the summertime is seventy-one point six degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, I would love that in the summer. They say that it's a warm Mediterranean type climate. Which ours is, is nice. ours is more like a swampy shit, mossy swamp ass. Our summers are like. Um, you ever seen, uh, uh, for people that don't know what Nebraska summers are like? It's like Louisiana. You know, you, well, no. <laughs> you know those ovens that they put pizzas in? They're like all made out of stone. Imagine living in one of those for like three months. But with, but with humidity. But with humidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like living in a fucking uh, a sauna that has a broken thermostat. Yeah, and you can't get away from it. Yeah, you just, that's all, you're just stuck in there. You're locked in a... In a broken sauna for three months. That's like I tell people, dude, because I work, you know, I work outside. You kind of work outside. Yeah, I work outside. I was like, dude, it, it was like, how do you deal with the cold? And I was like, like, don't you want, don't you want it to be warm all summer, all year? I'm like, no. I was like, I can get away from the cold. You cannot fucking get away from the heat. No, I have when I work in the cold, I have battery operated heated socks. I have battery operated heated gloves. I have a battery operated heated jacket. I can wear those and work in the in the cold. Yeah. I cannot go to work and take my clothes off. And that's almost what you have to do to be comfortable. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't even work. And we can't wear shorts. Yeah, I can't wear shorts. I, I can I can roll my sleeves up. That's about it. Uh, so so I do that so I don't get a farmer's tan. It doesn't help. It really doesn't. I have a permanent farmer's tan. Yeah, so do I. So, um... Some of the interesting attractions in San Dimas. I'm just going to start wearing my coveralls with no shirt on. You should. That'd, that'd be good. And then I'd definitely have a farmer's stand. You would. Uh, the Pacific Road Museum and Library are in San Dimas, along with the Frank G. Bonelli Regional Park, um, which is a, a park. Where's the Bill and Ted Memorial Park? Uh, or the Bill and Ted Memorial Hospital? I, I don't know if they have one. They do have the San Dimas Dog Park that's listed as an attraction. And the Raging Waters 
Los Angeles, which is one of California's largest water parks. That's Waterloo. That is what I think that that's where that must be where they filmed it. Uh, it's the headquarters for Magellan Navigation, which is a pioneer in the global positioning systems industry, and the headquarters of uh, Curative, which is a healthcare startup known for uh, COVID testing. Oh, yeah, they they are. It's one of the places where the COVID testing system was developed. Nice. Yeah. So uh, they. The, the, the school that's there, which is probably San Dimas High, is it's in the uh, Bonita Unified School District, and the students attend San Dimas High. And it rules. It does rule. Uh, great football, I understand. <coughs> yeah, I heard they have the greatest football. Yeah, awesome football team. So, yeah, it's a, a little bit about uh, about San Dimas. Um, they, uh, you know, they have fire department, they have law enforcement, and they do have a hospital there in, in Pomona. Uh, Pomona uh, healthcare system. So, yeah. There's some notable people from there. Um, a lot of baseball players and a lot, a lot of, of athletes. You know, we're sitting there watching. We have Bill and Ted playing in the background here. Yeah. And I was just looking at Abraham Lincoln, and his wart on his face <laughs> looks terrible. Yes. It doesn't look like a wart anymore. It looks like they took some latex and just rubbed it on his cheek. Uh-huh. And just like, you know, the... the the uh, um, like the goop that sticks at the top of the jar, yes. latex. Looks like they took that, rolled it up, and just smudged it on his face, and it looks like it's slowly melting. That's funny. Or it's wax. One of the two. So yeah, um, that's a little bit about San Dimas. So that's what we're, that's where we're talking about. Um, but but what we're talking about is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and let's uh, and these guys have been up since like for like twenty four hours, and they're. Still going. Yeah. So, the basic premise of Bill and Ted, if you have not seen it, I'm sure most of you have. If you haven't, what is wrong with you? You need to watch it. It's amazing. So, it starts out that in 2688, humanity exists in this utopian society because of the inspiration of, uh, of the music and philosophy of the two great ones, Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and Ted Theodore, Theodore Logan. Logan. And there's a problem. So they call on one of their citizens named Rufus to travel back in time to San Dimas, California in 1988 using a phone booth time machine. Because that's what they, that's, because it would match what was out there. Yeah. Um, and they have to, he has to go find Bill and Ted, who at the time were two dim-winded high school students, and has to help them pass their history course. If they fail... Ted's father, who's a police captain, is going to ship him to a military school in Australia. Alaska. Or in, in Alaska, yes, sorry, sorry. Um, which will end Bill and Ted's band, Wild Stallions. And that would alter history forever. So Rufus goes, he finds him at the Circle K. They're trying to finish their history report, right? Yep, at the Circle K. But they're coming up with things like, who is George Washington? The dollar bill dude. Yeah, the dollar bill guy. Um, Do you know if you take his head, you you take the dollar bill and you fold it and you make his head look like a mushroom? Really? Yeah. That's what they say. I, I've i never done it. I haven't either. I can't fold the dollar bill that way. I mean, I could probably figure it out, but I, I don't I don't want to. No. Um, they also uh, said that Joan of Arc was, was Noah's wife. Yes. And, uh, and they said they said Abraham Lincoln had wooden teeth and chased Moby Dick. Yes. Or 
George Washington. Yeah. Um, and then that turned out to be Cabinet Ed. That was yeah. He was not in the movie. No. So as Bill and Ted, they they uh, they jump in the phone booth and they take off to go learn about history by visiting history. But the problem is, when they go visit Napoleon, um, he gets tangled up in the uh, he gets blown up by a cannon and falls into the falls into the time portal. Yep. So he follows them and he gets drugged back to San Dimas. And they changed history there because that's how Napoleon was supposed to die. Yes. And when they discover that they've brought Napoleon back, they decide. What if we get more people and have them do our history report for us? Yeah. And so they start going and they, they leave the younger brother in charge of Napoleon. Deacon. So Deacon, who Deacon's an asshole. Yeah, he's a little dick. Uh, Deacon should have had his ass kicked. Yes, many times. So Deacon loses Napoleon. He takes him to the, the Ziggy Piggy, feeds him a bunch of ice cream. Gets them all hopped up on sugar, and then, and then ditches him. Yep, takes him bowling. No, he takes him bowling. They, 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 they took him bowling, and then and then they ditched him. Yeah. So Napoleon ends up at the uh, water park, and he enjoyed the water park after they pushed him down the uh, water slide, and so he's lost. He's running around San Dimas, and while he's doing that, they go find Billy the Kid in the Wild West. They find Socrates in ancient Greece. Then they go to 15th century England. They see the princesses. And they fall in love. They about get killed by the royal ugly dudes. The royal ugly dudes. Um, they, uh, they, they just have this big adventure. Well, their booth gets fucked up. The antenna breaks when they're in prehistoric times. And so they, uh, they end up in front of the society that is trying to save them. You know, they're trying to trying to get them to pass. Yeah. Um, and they visit them, and they're like, what the hell is this? And they give them some wisdom, which becomes part of history, when the great ones visited. Yes. But then they go on to uh, get extra credit, and they abduct Sigmund Freud, Beethoven, Joan of Arc, Genghis Khan, and a Blinken. I think Genghis Khan... Was my favorite character in this whole movie. Yeah, he was a great one. And when they bring them back, they discover they need to go find Napoleon. So they drop everybody off at the mall. Yep. And hilarity ensues. Uh, they Just all kinds of, of shit. They, they get arrested. Um, they have to break them out of jail. And um, Genghis Khan goes into a sporting goods store and beats the fuck out of everything with a... a man. He beats a, a mannequin, yeah. And he yeah. ends up putting the fucking helmet on and the yeah. shoulder pads. And riding around on a skateboard. Um, Joan of Arc's doing aerobics. Yeah, she pushes the lady out of the aerobics area and starts taking over. Uh, uh, Beethoven goes to the music store and starts playing music. Um, Sigmund Freud's just being weird. Yeah, um, they called him Ziggy. Yeah, they called him Ziggy. And, and then his corn dog slowly falls down. Yes, a, a phallic symbol. Yeah. Um, geek. <laughs> what is a geek? What is a geek? But, so they, uh, basically they, they, they bring these guys on stage. They have them do the report. You know, they, they, they give a, each one of them gives a talk about their time. And they, they pass. They had like, like a 15 minute report they had to do and if I had to guess this thing went on for like 45 minutes it had to have because there's a lot of people and they each give a little presentation yeah so yeah it, it had to have been forever 
They end up going back and getting the princesses. Yes. No, no, Rufus does that. Well, Rufus got the princesses. Yeah, Rufus got the princesses. Um, and they got them credit cards. Yes. And uh, want to give medieval princesses that have no no reason of for to save money or spend money. They give them credit cards. Give them credit cards. Yeah, they're used to dealing in like chickens and pigs and gold and gold. Yes. And uh, yeah, and they're princesses. So uh, they decide that. Uh, they, that's going to be Wild Stallions, as the, those four in the band. And they do get better. And they do get better. So, uh, what uh, What were your thoughts when you first saw this? I fucking love this movie from the get-go, dude. Did you see it in the theater? I did. I did as well. I was eight years old, mm-hmm. and then this was probably one of the, the turning points of where my direction of life was going. So, if you were eight, I was probably about ten or eleven, and I got to see it in the theater. And it was fucking amazing. I just remember... I didn't really identify with these guys yet. Because I wasn't quite in high school. When yeah. I got in high school, then it was like, oh, I get it now. I get it now, yeah. But, I. Uh, well, this came out in... 89, this came out. 89, yeah. Okay, so 89... I was 10. Yeah, I would have been in junior high. So I did kind of identify. I... Uh, so, here's a, few, a little bit of trivia on Bill and Ted. So, can't, uh, well, let's go through the cast first, because, you know, this is a, a powerhouse cast. Uh, they, they got some big players in it. Keanu Reeves played Ted. One of the biggest actors in the world. One of the nicest guys yeah. ever. Uh, started, I don't know if this is his first role, but it was... It was one, one of his, his biggest, biggest, one of his big roles in, in his early. I career. think he was doing like Burger King commercials before this. So, Keanu Reeves uh, got to start playing this dipshit. <laughs> um, I want to see what, what what like his first role actually was. So, Keanu Reeves, yeah, he did like some uh, Coke commercial. That's what it was. Um, he was in a few little. Like TV things, um, Magical World at Disney, just little TV movies, TV roles. River's Edge looks like it was like his first movie, like big screen movie. Yeah. And then he went back to doing commercials for cornflakes. He was a presenter on MTV. Um, so yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was probably his first starring role, like lead role in. Anything. He went on to be Johnny Utah in Point Break. He did. Which is... I think he did Point um, Break right after this. Uh, Point Break was a couple years later. Uh, 91. What did he do after this? Um, Tracy Ullman Show. Parenthood. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in Parenthood. Um, other little things he did. Uh, My Private Idaho, which was a great movie. He was in uh, Dracula. He was. That was. He was good in Dracula. He was in Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Cowboys get the blues. And then Johnny Mnemonic, which starred Henry Rollins as well. You know what? People hate on that movie. That was a good movie. It was a great movie. So, I mean, he he hadn't done a lot before before Bill and Ted that was big screen. So, you know, kind of this kind of was a launching point for uh, for Keanu Reeves. Uh, his counterpart in this movie, Alex Winter. Of course, we know Alex Winter from The Lost Boys. 
Yep. But I think he did Lost Boys before this. Um, well, he was... His first movie he was in was Death Wish 3. Oh, no shit. And then he was in some TV stuff. He was in some short films. And then The Lost Boys. Um, it, <laughs> he played a Mexican hitchhiker in Barbecue Movie. He, a blonde-haired white kid played a Mexican hitchhiker. He did. It's a short film. Okay. And then he did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Sent some other stuff. He's in a Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, video. Um, and he's all he's gone on to have a great career as well. I mean, my, um, one of my favorite movies with him is Freaked. Yes, that's a good one. So we know those guys. Some people don't know the other players in this. Uh, they know George Carlin, obviously. Yep. Rufus. George Carlin. Stand-up comedy legend. In every way. It, yeah. Uh, uh, tr basically kind of uh, set the uh, the bar for observational political comedy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. It wasn't a little... It, it wasn't... It, it wasn't as overboard as it is today. No. So, we discovered Bernie Casey plays the teacher. Yep. Bernie Casey we've talked about before. In Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, he was Ewan Jefferson in Revenge of the Nerds. This is one that kind of surprised me, because I didn't realize this is who it was. Joan of Arc was played by uh, by uh, Jane Wedlin. From the Go-Go's. The bass player from the Go-Go's. And... It makes sense now, you know, and when I look at it, I'm like, fuck yeah, she is the bass player. But I didn't, I never realized that until I looked at this. She didn't have a lot of speaking roles. She didn't talk. I, I think she had like two lines. And she was French. Yeah, I, was she French? I think. I don't know where Joan of Arc was from. I thought she was French. I don't know. I, I, I skipped that day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to look. We, I'm going to find and out. And then one of the princesses played by uh, Diane Franklin. Who's Diane Franklin? Um, well, Diane Franklin... She is an iconic 80s American film actress known for her dark, curly hair and dialects. Oh, she was in Better Off Dead! Uh, I think so. She was in The Last American Virgin. She was in Amityville 2. Okay. She was a French girl in, in Better Off Dead. Okay. I want to go on a little rant here since I mentioned Amityville. So. There are so many fucking Amityville movies. I went down this rabbit hole. She is French. Is she? Yes. Okay. I went down this little rabbit hole the other day about the Amityville movies. Mm hmm There are like 20 Amityville movies. Yeah, and the only one that's good is the original and then the one that... The remake that Ryan Reynolds yeah. is in. There are only, out of the 20-some, there are only like five that follow the original storyline. Yeah. The rest of them are complete shit. The rest of them are just... Because the name is so easy to license. Mm-hmm. People are just putting the name Amityville on anything. And there's Amityville Clowns. Amityville Bigfoot. Amityville Gator. Amityville, I mean, all kinds of... The Amityville Gator? Yeah. Amityville Toy Box, where these cursed toys come. Uh, there's something I would about, actually watch that one. There's something about a clock that was in the original house. Um, they all have a tie, but only like five of them follow that original storyline that you could actually watch and consider... Even loosely a sequel. Yeah. The reason I got on this rabbit hole is, and you just watched this movie, Cocaine Bear. Yeah. What did you think of Cocaine Bear? I thought it was fucking. I thought it was ridiculous. It was fun. It was fun. It was funnier shit, but it was it was so ridiculous. Now, when Cocaine Bear was announced about a year ago, I started making jokes. 
about, well, I can't wait until, you know, meth weasel or, you know, ecstasy fucking beaver or whatever. Ecstasy beaver. Well, you know, I can't wait until all these sequels come out. I've seen an ecstasy beaver. I have as well. (laughs) (laughs) Did my taxes with one once. (laughs) Um, So it's happened. It is happening. There's like 10 drug-addicted animal movies yeah, I see being that produced. Shit. Uh, there's like uh, a Cocaine Cougar. There is, um, what was the meth one? There was a meth... There was a meth raccoon. Meth raccoon, yes. Um, there's something about a, a monkey. There'll be, there'll be a Bigfoot one, watch. Oh, I guarantee it. So, Cocaine Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, the favorite part of that whole movie yesterday... Was when the after the bear attacked and just slaughtered that lady. Yeah, she looks around and there's a butterfly flying and she yes. loses attention and she starts going. She starts following that. Yeah, I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, just the the whatever. And then the, the idea the, you know, that the, they came up with that movie is. Awesome. If you guys haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry. I'm just I don't care at this point. It's been out for a few weeks. You know, yeah, you should see it. Um, the the babies. Yes. The babies were all fucking covered in cocaine. Yes. The little baby. They look like polar bears. Yeah, little baby bears. So. They are all coked out. Um, Yeah, Diane Franklin's been a lot of shit. Uh, that's what we're trying to say here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my, to, to wrap up my little rant, when there's a movie that's, that reaches some degree of popularity, it's very lazy to copycat that. Yeah. Although some of them might be entertaining from a shit show standpoint, come up with it. Come up with your own idea. Yeah, and make that the next cocaine bear. Don't try to make the actual next cocaine bear, because we don't really want to see it. No, we'll probably watch it, but we will probably watch it, but we don't want to see it. No, um, that's lazy. So knock that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> but you know who will watch it? Our buddy Tony. Oh yeah, he Tony Kimball. He probably did watch it. I guarantee it. Uh, he's a good dude. He like he's, yeah. he's a, I I've been lately getting on Facebook. I'm like, all right, I want to watch a shitty movie because nobody else is home. Well, let's see what Tony's. Let's watching. see what Tony watched. And I'm like, okay, now I'm watching this. What I like about his stuff, he'll go in themes. It used to be he was going to watch all summer. He was going to watch hot rod movies. So he would watch every Hot Rod movie he could find, every yep. car movie he could find. Um, so recently, like St. Patrick's Day just passed, he watched every Leprechaun, Leprechaun movie, movie. And then he, he went into Irish-themed horror movies, and he came up with some real shit. Oh, yeah. But he watches them, and he enjoys them, which great. I appreciate that. Uh, I have gotten some good recommendations from him. I watched a good one last night, and I didn't think it was going to be good, but it was actually pretty fucking good it was uh what the fuck was it i think i even told you about it oh uh dead deadstream deadstream yeah, yeah dude i was i thought it was gonna just gonna be like a shit you know like a mock like blair witch type movie which yeah. it kind of was but it had a very evil dead vibe to it really did i enjoyed it man it was it was funny the 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 monsters in it were or ghosts, whatever you want to call them, huh? were very Evil Dead-ish. Nice. The, my, when I started cracking up, the one part, the ghost, the main, the, the, the evil main ghost. Yeah. 
she's calling his name, and his name's Steve. She's like, Stevie, Stevie, and he's looking around, and he's fucking freaking out, and this guy's supposed to be a big coward. And he pulls a blanket off him because he's sitting in a closet trying to hide, and she's sitting here between his legs, his her head, Yeah. and she bites him right on the fucking dick. And I just died, dude. I was cracking up. It was fucking hilarious. That's funny. Oh, dude, it was fucking so funny. So, um, some facts about Bill and Ted. Uh, for years, Keanu Reeves was concerned that his gravestone would read, Here Lies Keanu Reeves. He played Ted. Because that's all he was known for. Yeah. For years, that's all he was known for. Uh, in this film, Bill and Ted keep saying that they need Eddie Van Halen and their band to make it better. After watching the film, Eddie Van Halen said that he would have joined Wild Stallions if he was asked. Oh, no shit. Yeah. He said if they would have asked, I would have joined that band. The, the phone booth that they traveled in? Yeah. They gave that away. Huh. Nintendo Power Magazine was promoting a video game that we'll talk about a little bit later here called Bill and Ted's Excellent Video Game Adventure. They gave it away to a, to a reader. So somebody out there owns the Bill and Ted phone booth. I'm surprised it hasn't ended up on Pawn Stars yet then. I'm surprised it hasn't been on eBay or something. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Hey, speaking of Tony Kimball. So, um, in the original script for uh, for this movie, the time-traveling machine was supposed to be a 1969 Chevy van. But upon reading it, the filmmakers thought that it was too similar to Back to the Future. Okay. From 1985. So they changed it a, to a phone booth. Okay, well, they have one for sale. It's a replica. Uh-huh. Weighs 600 pounds. Jesus Christ. And it's $9,345. Wow. Put a bid in on that. It's a limited edition. They obviously were not concerned that Doctor Who, which started in 1963, traveled in a British-style police telephone box. They did. They were not concerned about that. They were concerned about Back to the Future because it was so close in time. Well... People really weren't paying attention to British stuff back in the early 80s or late 80s here. We just ripped their stuff off. Right. Yeah, and actually that has happened. We, we have one guy that goes over to England, sees what's on TV, comes back and records it yeah. and says, hey, I have a great idea for a show. Nobody's going to even know about it for like the next 20 years in the overseas. Right. And it took them until like internet came out to find out that we ripped all these shows off. Yeah. Like The Office. Yeah, the office was ripped off. Friends. Friends. Let's make a deal. So, when Napoleon does his, his demonstration for the water park... Yeah. At the end, Ted looks at it and says, I don't think it's going to work. What is actually on that diagram is the plans for Napoleon's most disastrous defeat, which was the French invasion of Russia. Oh, no shit. That's what he diagrammed. Oh, he, yeah, they did show that. Yeah. Yes. The original plot of the film was everywhere that Bill and Ted visits, they accidentally cause all of the greatest tragedies in history, including sinking the Titanic and crashing the Hindenburg. Oh my god, that would have been amazing, dude. That would have been fucking hilarious. I mean, tragedy, tragic, but... Yeah, it would have been a fun movie, though. Yeah. In 2010, San Dimas, California celebrated 50 years of incorporation, and the celebration slogan was, San Dimas... 
1960 to 2010. An excellent adventure. That's actually pretty cool. They've only uh, been around since 1960? San Dimas has been around since 1960. Wow, that's a little late for California. The iconic arm gesture of holding one hand on their chest while raising the other arm in the air that you always yeah. see them in all the posters and stuff. Be excellent to each other. Uh, Alex Winter said that that was just a spontaneous reaction. They told him to pose. One of them did it. They said it felt comfortable, so the other one did it just the opposite. Yeah. And they like, it just seemed to work. Um, George Carlin, casting him was just a happy accident. Uh, Who was it supposed to be? Well, they wanted somebody serious, so they tried to cast Sean Connery. That would have been terrible. And Listen, Bill. Listen, Ted. You have to go back in time. So, Take this phone booth machine and go back. What I want you to do is go back in time and have an excellent adventure. Go back in time, find Alex Trebek's mother. <laughs> and fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked her so much. So, uh, they, had, they hadn't even cast that role until after they started shooting. Sean Connery probably looked yeah. at this and go, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, this looks like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can take this script and shove it up your ass. Arse. Arse. <laughs> um, they hadn't even cast Rufus when they started filming. And then somebody all of a sudden just came up with the idea like, hey, well, let's try George Carlin. And then they said the whole movie was like, yeah, cool. And the whole course of the movie changed. And no one ever thought this movie would see the light of day. Really? Yeah. It started out as a stand-up act where the characters would discuss current events without knowing what they were talking about. Oh, that would have been terrible. It originally had a third character named Bob, so it was Bill, Ted, and Bob. Oh, my God. But the comedian that played Bob lost interest in performing the skit after just a couple performances. Who was the the actor? They, They don't say. So... They finished filming it in 1987, but the company that financed it went bankrupt. So they were going to dump it and just put it on cable TV. And MGM picked it up. Nelson Entertainment bought the rights. Or Nelson. Yeah, Nelson. Here she comes. Not that Nelson. Oh. They're coming to town, actually. I'm not going to see Nelson. They're not doing Nelson music, though. They're doing their dad's music, Ricky Nelson. What did he sing? Ricky Nelson? Yeah, what's Ricky Nelson sing? He was in Ozzy and Harriet. He sang uh, Garden Party. He, they sing a lot of shit. Why are, why are they singing their dad's songs? I, because he's dead and he can't sing them, I guess. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I mean, the, I really like Nelson. The characters... You like Nelson? No, I'm just kidding. So... But they're better than Winger. Back, Nelson is responsible for me discovering heavy metal and punk music. Because you listen to Nelson, you're like, I'm done with this shit. No, I listen to Nelson. But for Christmas one year... My parents knew that I listened to Nelson. They knew I listened to Poison. They bought me a Nelson t-shirt and a Poison t-shirt and gave it to me for Christmas. And the Nelson t-shirt was a white t-shirt with a picture of the two Nelson twins with the long blonde hair on it. Yeah. And on the back was a big glittery N with wings on it, like angel wings. That was our logo. But it was made out of glitter. That's amazing. And I wore this to school. Do you still have this shirt? No. Oh, I'm going to find it for you. Um, you know, I'm looking at it right now. But I, I, I wore this thing to school. And the group of outcasts that I was hanging out with, they said, come here. 
We need to talk to you. <laughs> and they got me listening to Metallica, Megadeth, uh, Anthrax, and also introduced me to punk music like uh, Black Flag and Misfits. And the rest is kind of history. Um, they also told me you put that shirt in your closet. Don't ever wear it again. Was this a shirt? That is the shirt. Oh, fuck yes, dude. That is the shirt. I do not want one. Too late. Uh, no, don't be buying that fucking thing. Oh. I, got too many, I got too many t-shirts as it is. Um, You're getting this one. So, in a roundabout way... It, oh, that's an awesome t-shirt. That is a cool t-shirt. <laughs> um, in a roundabout way, Nelson is responsible for me discovering guar and green jello. So I have to thank Nelson for leading me down the path to discover some really fucking cool music. <laughs> or wasn't this one? Hold on. Is this the shirt? What's on the back of this one? Nothing. No, that first one was the shirt. Was it the yes. That one didn't have nothing on the back of it. Oh, no, it, it, it did. It, I must say it was a concert. Edition. You need this one. I do not need that one. That one is the Nelson boys uh, with their, their button-up shirts kind of uh, open, exposing their chest with a squiggly background. I don't need that, no. Oh, yeah. So, I can't wait till Christmas. In the movie, Bill and Ted say dude 70 times. Dude. And excellent 30 times. Pretty interesting. Um, so, a couple of words had to be created in Germany because they dubbed this movie. They did, they did not have words for some of the things that were said. So they de they they developed the word Haschi, Haschi, for dude, dude, and oh, this would be a good one. Greatenstark for excellent. Greatenstark. Greatenstark. I'm just and go they had to that. change. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go around and say that now. Greatenstark. Greatenstark. You gotta say it like you're angry too. Greatenstark. <laughs> uh, they, they changed the line be excellent to each other to a line that translates to colorful and excellent is the being oh that just doesn't have the right ring to it and colorful and excellent has the being some of the so like the the two words that they created have become a part of the language and, and popular culture in in germany and they had to put excellent, or excellent. They had to put extra dialogue in because uh, because they didn't have words, or they didn't have phrases for what the actual dialogue was. Yeah. So when they meet each other, when they meet their future selves in the Circle K parking lot, they look at each other and they say, "It's strange things are afoot at the Circle K." Well, they they have to. They look at each other and they say, "If you guys are really us." Which famous toothpick are we thinking of right now? Because toothpick means celebrity. Okay. And they look at each other and they say Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then, all right, when they're when they're at the uh, instead of saying sixty nine, yes, instead of what number? Yeah, it's what famous celebrity are we thinking of? And then when they're in the castle and they scream heavy metal. Ted tells a joke that doesn't exist in the original movie, and they don't say what the joke is. Oh. Well, that's got to be terrible, then. The writers wrote the script by hand on notebook paper. During a series of meetings at a local coffee shop, they finished the script in four days. The whole movie was done in four, written the, in four days? The whole script was written in four days. I've been trying to write a script for, like, last six months. 
I haven't written anything yet. I've been trying to write one for years. I don't have a plan yet, but I know what I know what it's going to be. The premise. I got that point. So, Joan of Arc was never called Joan of Arc in real life. Not in her lifetime. It was after. Really? Yes. During her trial, she called herself Joan, uh, Joan the Maid. She did not know what her last name was, and then she said that her uh, her father's her father's name was Jacques D'Arc. And her mother was Isabel Rome. So they just kind of, uh, in in that town in France, medieval France, the daughters would use their mother's last name. So they said that the family surnames were never used. So she became Joan of Arc. Oh. Um, Yeah, so... A little history lesson there for you. They said that the phone booth was so unpleasant to work with that Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves nicknamed the phone booth the Death Box. The Death Box. It's a phone booth. It's like the literally the size of our table. Yeah. And they squeezed like eight people in it. Yeah. In it. I mean, Superman would change in a phone booth, and you know that was not comfortable for him. No. And, Okay. How did nobody see him changing? Because phone booths are made out of glass. And the lights turn on when you open the door yes. and you shut the door. Yes. You know, because he's super quick. Okay. Uh, one of the future dudes was played by Clarence Clemens, who played saxophone for Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. And, uh... That's right. The original Bill and Ted were supposed to be skinny 14-year-old boys with lowrider bell-bottom jeans and heavy metal t-shirts... Who were despised by the popular kids at school. So, Beavis and Butthead. Basically. In bell-bottoms. Yeah. This is in the 80s. I mean, kids wore bell-bottoms in the 80s, mm-hmm. but... The, when they cast Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, they uh, changed the image of the characters. They said they looked like cool guys, so it was hard to believe that they were shunned and hated by their classmates. They never really said they were hated by their classmates. They were, they were just, just stupid. Dumb, yeah. The, the, I mean, the classmates seemed entertained by them. Yeah. When they would give a stupid answer, everybody would laugh. Yeah. So they weren't really made fun of. No. Um, when they filmed this movie, Keanu Reeves was actually 22. Alex Winter was 21. And they said it was kind of odd because they were actually closer to high school age than most people that played high school yeah. kids in this time. So, uh, Alex Winter had auditioned for the role of Ted, and Keanu Reeves had auditioned for the role of Bill. And they said, yeah, you guys got it, but you're going to do this role. Yeah, you're going to flip-flop. At the end of the film, they do a little guitar jam. Rufus grabs a guitar and and plays. Yeah. A guy named Steve Salas is the guitar hand double for George Carlin. Oh, no shit. He is now a member of the uh, American Idol band. Oh, wow. Yeah. Other people that were considered for the role of Rufus, Roger Daltrey, the lead singer of The Who, Ringo Starr from The Beatles, and Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, back then, would have worked. He was still young. He was kind of young. I mean, it could have worked. Ringo Starr, no. He would have wanted too much damn money. Probably, and he doesn't deserve that much money. No, because I watched his movie... um, was it Clan of the Bear Men? Or oh, Clan of the Cave Bear. Cave, yeah, that's yes. it. I've seen that. 
he didn't have any lines in it, but that was bad enough. He was also in another caveman movie, um, like 1000 BC or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. He's so, good. At, he's good at playing caveman. Caveman with no lines. <laughs> so, <laughs> when they asked in the movie, "Who is Joan of Arc?" and Ted says, "Noah's wife." Yeah. In the German version, they said, "Who is Hannibal?" And Ted replied, "The uncle of football." I don't know what, what the. F- I don't know Hannibal. Hannibal. Uh, he was a, a a general that rode elephants through the Alps. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've talked to him before. You have not talked. He's also in the A team. Yeah. He loves it when a plan comes together. Alex Winter says. <laughs> he said that you haven't talked to him before. <laughs> Alex Winter says that the S in Bill S. Preston Esquire stands for Stanley. So it's Bill Stanley Preston Esquire. Stanley. Stanley. Stanley and Ted's excellent adventure. In the original script, they wanted to get Babe Ruth as well. See, that would have been kind of cool. So you have Babe Ruth? Could have had John Goodman do that because he was about that size still. He actually played Babe Ruth. I know. He was in The Babe. Yeah, The Babe? The Babe. What Babe? The Babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Voodoo? Voodoo. You do. I do? You do. Should have got David Bowie to fucking be in this. He oh, could have played Rufus. In a very strange, um, serendipitous turn of events here. There's a song called Two Heads Are Better Than One in this movie. It's credited to, to the band Power Tool. But it was actually performed by Matthew and Gunnar Nelson. Really? Yes. We did not know that. No, we didn't. Because I'm researching as we go. Which song was that? It it, it's called Two Heads Are Better Than One. I don't know which one it was. I think it's the one at the very end. So, there's other movies involving time travel, like Back to the Future, The Terminator, and Time Cop. Yeah. Where this one differs from those is nothing that they do alters the course of history. No. So, and we talked about this earlier. Uh, Ted's wearing a Van Halen t-shirt from the Why Can't This Be Love single that was sold during the 5150 tour. And... It was Sammy Hagar's first tour with Van Halen after he replaced David Lee Roth. Oh, yeah, it was. And David Lee Roth didn't like Sammy after that either. Right. The original outline, Rufus was supposed to be a 28-year-old high school sophomore who befriended Bill and Ted. What? They went completely off the rails then. Well, that explains the Charlie Sheen thing. Yeah. Uh, Because George Carlin could not pull off a... George Carlin couldn't have pulled off a 48-year-old in this movie. Dude... Um, the hell's the dude with the fucked up eyes? What's his name? The actor. Which one? Um, Forrest Whitaker? No, 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 the other fucked up eyes. Uh, He's in all the Adam Sandler movies. Oh, that guy. Yeah. The guy in the water boy that has cross eyes. Yeah. He played a high school kid. He did. So this is one of four productions where Genghis Khan and Abraham Lincoln appeared together as characters. What other movies? Uh, well, Star Trek, the Savage Curtain in 1960. Nine. Okay. They appeared together in Futurama. So I guess they're not movies, but oh yeah, just they appeared together. And a movie called Clone High in two thousand two. Never heard of it. The but TV commercials. Look it up. The TV commercials that promoted this movie in eighty eight had George Washington lamenting on how he was not picked to go with Bill and Ted, but he expects them to be by any time now, and they never show up. Poor George Washington. It's because he had wooden teeth. He was chasing Moby Dick at the time. That uh, song, Two Heads Are Better Than One, 
It's it's played over the closing credits. That's right. Okay, that's what I thought. It was written by Dweezil Zappa, Steve Vai, um, some other folks, and they so that all that group. That big it was a big super group. It was a super group, um, and uh, but it was performed by Nelson. It was well, it was performed by the Nelson Twins before Nelson. Oh, okay. Yeah, before Nelson. This thing has a great soundtrack. Oh yeah, it's got an awesome soundtrack. Um, other people that, that auditioned for uh, Bill, River Phoenix, and Sean Penn. Wow. That would have been a whole different movie. Yeah. They would have not wouldn't have got a sequel. I don't think so. Not at all. Um, well, because River Phoenix was dead. I think when the second one came out. Probably, yeah. And Sean Penn was on his political, I'm better than everybody else rant. Diane Franklin and Kimberly LaBelle, who played the princesses. Yeah. They both read for Joan of Arc and Missy. We haven't talked about Missy. No, we haven't. You told me a fun fact about Missy. Which fact? About Missy? Oh, she she married... No, you told me that it was the first... Oh, yeah, that was the first pair of boobs I ever seen on screen. That's pretty uh, iconic. It is. And she doesn't actually even show them. No, but I got to see down the shirt, and that's all I needed when I was that age. So, auditioning for um, the role of Ted, Josh Richman. Josh Richman was in Heathers, um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He was in 21 Jump Street for a few episodes. So he was part of that whole clique of um, actors. Yeah. He was in V. Oh, wow. The movie V. Yeah, he must have been, the, he must have been the, his, the dude's son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, River's Edge, I say that. Thrashing. He was in Thrashing? Who was he in Thrashing? Radley. Oh, yeah, okay. And another person that this would have been an awesome role, Polly Shore auditioned for Ted. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Would have been crazy. Oh, dude. That would have been insane. There have been a lot of weasel references. Uh, maybe. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, Come on, Bill. Arnold. Arnold was offered the role of Rufus and turned it down. Oh, God. He was top top of his game right then. Now, some spoiler things that... No, I do not want to play the man Rufus. Be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Get to the phone booth. He screams every time it goes off. (laughs) So the time travel. Everybody that they pick up throughout history, their names are written on the blackboard in the opening scene. Oh yeah. So in the British cover of the VHS, yeah, Bill and Ted are in tuxedos, and they are arm in arm with the princesses. Apparently, there was a high school prom scene that was cut from the film. Okay. Wasn't this like right at the end of the school year? Yeah. So, well, yeah, because they have to graduate. Yeah, because some prom would have been null and void by then. Um, sometimes back then the prom was like our prom that we had uh, my senior year was after the seniors were out of high school. Oh no shit! Yeah, it was in May. Oh, wow. It was in May. So that's some trivia, some little facts. Let's kind of wrap this little segment up with the critical response. Rotten Tomatoes gives us an eighty-two percent. Approval rating. That's pretty good. It's very good for them. Uh, their kind of their uh, review of it is: Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are just charming, goofy, and silly enough to make this fluffy time travel adventure work. 
And uh, Metacritic gives it uh, 50 out of 100. What did Cisco and Ebert give it? Oh, we'll get there, I'm sure. Washington Post gave it a negative review. They suck. They said that the script uh, only made the sketchiest attempts to draw their historical characters. They exist as foils and nothing else, and the gags are hung on them, and, and the gags are far from first rate. Uh, they... It's very lowbrow and what... Yeah. Has the mentality of a high school student. Which is what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, they said that um, they questioned if the director had any talent for comedy. They said it's not visible here. And it looks uh, very undernourished. Vanity said that... Uh, the singer? What? Vanity? Van- no, 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 no. Vanity Magazine. Oh. Yeah. Um, Vanity said that uh, each historical figure... They were talking about the historical figures. They said that each encounter is so brief that they have little chance to contribute anything. Well, it's not a story about them. It's a story about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yes. Um, New York Times said that it's a painfully inept comedy. It's not called the Genghis Khan Hour. Only, (laughs) which would be awesome. Actually, I would probably watch that. Uh, They said said it was only dimly interesting. Um, That one dimly interesting thing about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is the way the two teenage... uh, Heroes communicate in superlatives. They, uh, we are about to fail most uh, most egregiously, says Ted to Bill. Or maybe it's Bill and Ted. We're about to fail most egregiously, Ted. They are also fond of odd words, such as bodacious. Los Angeles Times. They were unimpressed. They said, Ooh. make no mistake, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is not a satire of mindlessness. It's an unabashed glorification of dumbness for dumbness' sake. Those guys weren't, I mean, they were, they were dumb, but they weren't dumb. They were just, they're not book smart. No, they're not at all. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine, though, they said that this is one of the ten best stoner movies of all time. Um, the city of San Dimas has embraced the film. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's... Uh, it, so the city of Sam Dimas has Bill and Ted's, and we have about Schmidt. Yes. And and the American Film Institute gave this an award. It is one of the greatest 100 movie quotes. It was nominated. The movie quote is excellent. 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 Yeah. So. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, excellent movie. Excellent movie. Um, how should we wrap that up? Just, it, it was excellent. It was excellent. It was very excellent. Yes. Most bodacious. Yes, it was. So, that was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes. We'll talk about some other stuff after this break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Hello, this is not the start of the movie, nor is it any kind of warning from the FBI. The following message asks you to make a phone call, a call that costs $1.50 for the first minute and a dollar for each additional minute. Before you call, ask your parents for permission. However, you have a right to know that no call is in fact necessary, no video rental is necessary, and no intelligence is necessary to participate. You should also be aware that not only is this one of the most spectacular, grandiose, totally amazing games in the history of mankind, it could easily change your life forever. Or not. (laughs) 
Bill and Ted proudly present the Watch and Win Trivia Game. It couldn't be easier to play. Excellent! Even if you're a complete bobo. Oh, yes. Just dial 1-900-988-DUDE and an official research scientist from the Bureau of Massive Brain Usage will ask you two incredibly stupid trivia questions about this movie. Tall bastard! If you get both of them right, you'll be eligible for a chance to score one of hundreds of instant prizes. Not worthless garbage, but cool stuff. Missy? Designer Bill and Ted t-shirts. A really neat skateboard from Vision Sports. <laughs> Genuine Bill and Ted video cassettes. Four packs of Fuji T120 HQ blank video cassettes. Well, you can't have too many of these lying around. That's right, Missy. And tell them about the prize that's really worth some heavy money. Your very own Sony VCR. Party on, dude. But wait, that's just the beginning. Whoa! Because if you're able to answer those two harmless little questions correctly... Not bad. And you'd have to be seriously dense not to. Then, not only can you win one of our instant prizes, you'll automatically be entered into our grand prize drawing. Are you ready for this? Yes, you could win the excellent adventure vacation in Paris. An expense-paid trip for two to Paris, France. Seven incredible days in the country that brought us that short dead dude, Napoleon. No way. Yes way, Ted! It's so easy to play, it's almost pathetic. Just dial 1-900-988-DUDE from any touchstone phone. But before you do... Ask your parents' permission. Execute them. Because it's a dollar fifty for the first minute and a buck for each additional minute. And we know how funny parents can be about such matters. Excellent. You can call as often as you like and enter the sweepstakes again and again. No way. So play Bill and Ted's Watch and Win Trivia Game. Just go to the phone and dial 1-900-988-DUDE and you can be a winner. Let's reach out and touch some. Tell him I. Play, watch, and win a contest of historical proportions. Call through December 31st, 1989. No purchase, video, rental, or telephone call necessary to play. For rules, free and free form, and answers necessary to enter, send self-addressed stamp envelope to Bill and Ted's Watch and Win Sweepstakes. P.O. Box 4015, Blair, Nebraska, 68009. Number one request per envelope. Request must be received by January 8th, 1990. Void in Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and we're prohibited. You and I have witnessed many things, but nothing. As bodacious as what just happened. Now, a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical. 
babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together and remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. Let's visit the land of heavy metal with our most excellent cereal. Pass the gruel. Looks like a gruel duel, dude. Heinous display of manners. We've got a most excellent way to start your day or night. Bill and Ted's excellent cereal. Cinnamon oats with marshmallow notes. It's the most triumphant part of this complete breakfast. Awesome cereal duels. Who gets the last bowl? He does. You Part of the summer season on Fox, and also coming this summer, two dudes who made history with their first two major motion pictures. Now, Bill and Ted are coming to television in a weekly series of bodacious adventures. I don't know who you are, but you too will die. Will not. Will too. They've been given the awesome ability to travel yeah. to the past. Ted, give them Marcus Zorro. Excellent! To witness the events that changed our world. We're going to Woodstock. Dad did. With my dad. And to reach out and touch great warriors. Good luck, King Arthur, dude! Famous scientists. Check out his hair. Wicked deal. Legendary ladies' men. Yes, no. We're about to party with love God. And even kings. You're left, dude! You're left! With the whole world at their fingertips, these two dudes will make history come alive. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, coming soon. The summer season on Fox, where the new stuff never stops. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire! And I'm Ted Theodore Logan in concert! And I make them play! Speaker connects to figures and most cassette players to make figures play music! Now on drums, that bodacious barbarian Genghis Khan! Yeah, our new pal from old China. Excellent! Let's rock and roll! Squeezing their legs gets them jamming! Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! Party on, dudes! I had been selected for a most important journey. I was to help fulfill the destiny of the two great ones, Bill and Ted. Wild Stallions rule! Whenever time stands still and trouble moves too fast
unprecedented expedition. Once they made history. I must see to it that you die. Now, they are history. Bill and Ted are dead. Welcome to hell. It's the Grim Reaper, dude. How's it hanging, Death? But they're having one hell of a time. This is not what I expected this place to look like at all. We got totally lied to by our album covers, man. Taking in the sights. Not bad, dude! We totally knew a guy got one of those in his bucket of chicken. Making new friends. Excuse us, dude, but is there any way we can get back? You may challenge me to a contest. J7. You have sunk my battleship. Best two out of three. What? Enjoying the family. <laughs> no way! Invading the present. I totally possess my dad. <laughs> Battling <laughs> the future. You metal, dude! Excuse us, but your shoes are untied. Can't believe we just mailed him death! And meeting their maker. Guy? Congratulations on Earth! Not to mention your other great planets. Mars, Jupiter, Uranus. It's the comeback of all time. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It's a trip. Best of seven? Damn right! Ah, oh, dude! Left hand red. Ah, yeah! Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Now your dad's going for it in your own room. <laughs> Shut up, Ted. Your stepmom is cute, though. Shut up, Ted. Remember when I asked him to the prom? Shut up, Ted! All right, and we're back. I'm back, too. Yeah, did you have a good break? I did. I had to pee. Well, that's good. So there were other things that were done, um... After Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Not as well. Not nearly as well. So, in 1990, there was an animated TV series called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. And basically followed the, the movie. Um, it had two seasons. Yeah. It was produced by Hanna-Barbera. Um... And Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, George Carlin, and uh, Bernie Casey came and voiced it. Are you shitting me? No kidding. So in the second season, it went to Fox Kids. And Fox replaced all of the actors, actors in it. So that's when it, you know, kind of uh, floundered. Yeah. Now, there's not a lot about this, but yeah, two seasons, I remember it. Little Richard was in this. There was a lot of people in this. Tara Strong. Um, we all know Tara Strong. Yeah, Rob Paulson. Phil Hartman. John, you said Jonathan Winters. Uh, I don't think I did, but he but was Jonathan in it. Winters was in it. Yeah. Um, Nancy Cartwright from The Simpsons. 
um, yeah, just like a great, you know, cast of characters there that contributed their voices. I, I can I imagine. Tara Strong doesn't look that old to be doing voiceover in the early 90s. Right. Well, you don't have to be old to do voiceover. But she was also doing Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. So she, I mean, she's 50 years old. Now? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, this thing, um, it did get released on home video, um, so it's out there, you know, the, the, the... If you still have a VHR or VCR. Yeah. Uh, it also was released as a special feature on the DVD box set and Blu-ray, and, uh, they put out a, a two best of DVD set on the, uh, cartoon that is available nationwide. It was a Walmart exclusive at first. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, do you remember the cartoon at all? Yes, vaguely. No, I know they had... This is about the time I was stopping, I was stopped, like, not watching cartoons much anymore. Okay. Because I was in junior high. Yeah. So, I probably caught a couple episodes. They, DC Comics made a tie-in comic for this as well. And it coincided with the home video release of the first film. And it went, they had a, like a, a, a one or two comic run. Yeah. And then they, when, when the sequel came out, Marvel did the other run, the other run, which it was Bill and Ted's excellent comic book. And it was a 12 issue series. I had a couple of them. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It, you know, it, it kind of followed the, the storyline. Yeah. But then they went on these little side adventures. Um, like, I remember, like, because I looking at, like, Little Richard. Yeah. They helped Little Richard become a musician. Okay, yeah. He was working at an ice cream shop. Yes. There were also several video games released. I never played the games. I didn't either. Um, game Boy, NES, and Atari Lynx released games. Um, Commodore 64 released game. And... Uh, the biggest one, though, was Bill and Ted's Excellent Video Game Adventure. And basically, it was kind of the same idea of the, the, the film. They had to go kidnap historical figures. And, uh, well, there were space-time rebels that kidnapped historical figures and stranded them in other periods of time. Okay. So, Bill and Ted... I think had, I did play this. Yeah, Bill and Ted had to go find them. And put them back, put them the back where they belonged. And if the history isn't made right, the boys will miss the big concert that launches a musical career of Wild Stallions. But Rufus can only loan out the payphone for the, uh, can only loan out a payphone booth for this trip. Um, the mission's explained. Ted leaves and Bill arrives, and Rufus says, "Since they came alone, it's best that they work separately." They didn't show up at the same time. Rufus shows up and tells Ted. Ted leaves and Bill come. Bill shows up. Yeah. So Rufus says, well, since you came alone, it, you should work separately. So Bill has to go back in time and leave clues for Ted. So when Bill's done, then he starts his own search. Ted does the same thing for Bill. When yeah. He finds that when he finds his historical figure, he leaves him a clue. So you're basically working as a team, a, but, but, by but by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. No, that's probably where they screwed up the game. 
They have to go around. They have to search for the figures. They have to uh, explore houses, buildings, and castles. They have to talk to locals for clues. They have mad villagers chasing them around. And they can either distract, satisfy, uh, or uh, cause a person to disappear. And in order to gain the historical figure's trust, they must locate items called historical bait within each world. Historical bait. Historical bait. Okay. So. Uh, like they were really stretching for this game. Yeah, Nintendo Power gave this a 3.6 out of 5 rating. They said that Bill and Ted fans won't be disappointed by the video games, but it's not easy finding the items, meaning that, meaning that you'll spend ages walking around, and that's frustrating. The Game Player Strategy Guide said it's a change of pace from usual role-playing adventures, and it's refreshing, but sometimes overbearing uh, with their humor. I have a Nintendo. I should probably find this game. Uh, game Pro says that it could have been a truly excellent video game adventure. It wound up as a mildly entertaining video jaunt. And uh, they said that Video Games and Computer Entertainment Magazine says that Bill and Ted themselves would likely describe this adventure game as being bogus. But the best thing that they could find is that it is just average. So it must not have been a great video game. No. Speaking of not great attempts at uh, at this franchise, they tried to do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, which was a live-action sitcom. Yeah, that's I'd never watched this, but it looks terrible. It was on Fox. It had one season, but the season was June 28th to August 9th. It was like a couple months. Oh, wow. Basically, uh, after the animated series was canceled, they changed it up and made it a live-action video game, or live-action TV show. And they wanted to delay it until the sequel came out so that they could make a profit on the movie. Yeah. And then capitalize on the popularity. So none of the original people were in this. Um, and the, about the only notable name that I see on here is uh, Lisa Wilcox was Missy. Who's Lisa Wilcox? She's in... Uh... She's in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare yeah. Elm Street 4 and 5. Um, they, they had a few, you know... Diedrich ba uh, Bader is about the only uh, notable person that I see that's a guest star. Yeah. And uh, Diedrich Bader was in the Drew Carey show. The guy with the glasses there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was... He's funnier shit. They said that this thing was... It just wasn't good. Uh, Variety Magazine, however, did praise the special effects. They gave it a negative review, though, and they said that <laughs> um, taking a two-dimensional te uh, teen time traveler so making a movie was a good idea, and it made lots of money. Taking one-dimensional teen time travelers and making a TV series is not a good idea. No. And it was not... Reason a compelling enough reason for parents to let their youngsters take the TV over from what it was to compe watch. competing against. What was it competing against? 60 Minutes. Oh, God. So, it was up against 60 Minutes. It didn't do well. Oh, no. I wouldn't think so. So, it, lo it looks like everything that they did was kind of a flop after this. Except, they did a, th a theme park. They did a theme park? Well, Halloween Horror Nights... At Universal Studios, yeah, they did Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. Uh, it satirized pop culture of the year, and it had Bill and Ted fighting villains who would steal their phone booth. Um, that sounds ridiculous. From year to year, it would change up. They would have different pop culture icons, but 
the main plot was Bill and Ted being threatened by an evil villain from a popular film of that year, who would have villains, heroes, and celebrities that were popular during that year. And it would usually have elaborate dance numbers, stunts, and a lot of double entendres. So yeah. a lot of dirty jokes that went over kids' heads. Okay. Um, that was for their, uh, their late night crowd. But they canceled it because uh, in, in 2013 they canceled the Hollywood version of the show because it had a lot of uh, humor that wasn't appropriate and they started getting complaints. Oh. So in 2017, they, Universal completely got rid, of got, rid, got rid of Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure in Orlando. In 2017? Yes. So that thing ran for almost 30 years. Yeah, well, it, it yeah, it came out in uh, in '92 was when it started. So yeah, and in 2017 it, they canceled it. It came to a close, but then Rufus came out and made a surprise appearance. Oh, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, especially since George Carlin was dead. Yeah, so in '91 they made the sequel, and that was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. You ever notice how much George Carlin aged between the first one and this one? Yes, big time. Uh, William Sadler was uh, death. Was death, and he. Uh, I thought he had a great role in this. I loved. I loved him in this. So the original working title was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Yep, I remember that. And the film soundtrack features a song "Go to Hell" by Megadeth, which Dave Mustaine wrote for this film. Oh no shit. So Wild Stallion's music has rec- has created the uh, the great utopian future society, but in 2691, former gym teacher turned terrorist Chuck D. Namulus attacks the, the Bill Nomulus. and Ted Namulus. Oh, yes. Namulus. Uh, he attacks Bill and Ted University and he steals the phone booth. So he wants to go back, and he's end tired the of society. all the partying on. Yeah, he, he wants to end the society, so he creates a evil robot, Bill and Ted. He does, and they look just, I mean, they're, they're spot on. Yeah, they were. He did a really good job. Yeah. Um, he's trying to go back and uh, stop them from winning the Battle of the Bands. And they end up getting lost in the circuits of time. Um, Bill and Ted end up dying, and they their souls go to the afterlife. They meet death. So they challenge death to a game for their souls. And no one has ever beaten death. Well, they give him a Melvin. <laughs> you know, they, they play him like, they. I think it was like one out of 20, like best out of like 27. Yeah, because they keep beating him. Yeah. And, but they Melvin him and run away. Yeah, they Melvin to me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they're, they're trying to figure out. He said, excuse me, your shoelace is untied. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they try to they try to um, have a seance. Like the, the parents try to have a seance. Yeah, and it ends up sending Bill and Ted to hell, and they're tormented by Satan to face their own fears. And um, the fears were Bill was scared of his grandma. Was it? I think it was his grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, she was like always pinching his cheeks or something. Trying shit. to kiss him and yeah. shit. And she had nasty teeth and. Yeah, it was little Bill. Yeah, little Bill and little Ted was scared of the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. So they end up escaping hell. 
They find death. That's when they challenge him to a game for their souls. So they end up playing. Um, they end up playing Battleship Clue. Did they yell at the devil too? Yes. I. Uh, but they they play Battleship Clue, Electric Football, and Twister. They beat him, and Death finally says, "Okay, you beat me. Where do you want to go?" So they need to find the smartest person in the universe, and they end up finding Station Station, which is two aliens, and they help them to go back and save mankind. And he builds two robots out of junk. Yes. Uh, station combines into one giant station, station with a giant butt. Yeah, it's a huge, nice, excellent butt. Yeah, excellent. Alien butt. So the evil robots are getting ready to take the stage. The, the two good, evil robot asses. Yeah, the, yeah they, they, they get ready to take the stage, and the good robots defeat their counterparts. And they have, uh, the robot, the, the evil robots have, uh, have abducted the girls and hung them above the stage. So they lower the girls, and they play... Um, they, they go back and learn how to play their instruments. Yeah. So, one of them comes back as Eddie Van Halen-ish. The other one comes back as a ZZ Top-looking character. Yep. And they play a very shitty Kiss song. God gave rock and roll to you. Yes. Which was horrible. You know what? And on the album it's on, it should have never been on that album. No. Um, it was on a couple of Kiss albums. It was bad. Um God gave rock and roll to you. Here comes the Gene Simmons break. Fuck. Gene Simmons break. <laughs> I can't sing. I've got a long tongue. That's about it. And that was Gene Simmons. So, yeah, they, they go back. They uh, they have guitar training. They have a, a honeymoon. <laughs> and um, they return to the auditorium with their families. Little Bill, Little Ted. Which turned out to be girls. Yep. And... Uh, they all perform that song, and uh, then they uh, they take their music to, to Mars. Yeah, no, the, to the moon. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they went played to the moon, on the moon. Played on the moon, and they actually played on Mars as well. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, Alex Winter actually played Granny S. Preston Esquire. Oh, no this. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they had, you know, Pam Greer was in this. It was just kind of cool. Uh, oh, yeah, she was the uh, the lady that was taking all the auditions. Yes. Um, and then it turned out to be Rufus. Frank Welker was the voice of... The bunny. The bunny. He was the voice of Satan and Station. Oh, no shit. Tony Cox, the little person from Bad Santa. Yeah. He was one of the stations. The other one was Ed Gale from Chucky. The guy oh, that was in the wow, Chucky yeah. outfit. He, uh, Ed Gale also was in... Um, Dolly Dearest, and he was also Howard the Duck. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, he's had a couple shitty movies, hasn't he? Yeah. So, some interesting little tidbits on this. Uh, my favorite band performs in this movie. Primus. Primus. They play Tommy the Cat during the Battle of the Bands. Don't they get booed off stage? Uh, no, no. They, they, they come on, and the crowd's going wild, and they go, That was Primus. Give it up for Primus. And everybody goes nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Jim Martin from Faith No More, which is like probably my second favorite band. Yeah, mine too. I love Faith No More. Uh, he appears as himself. He is Sir James Martin from the Faith No More Spiritual and Theological Center. Is he still in the band? No, he hasn't been in the band in years. Okay, I didn't think uh, so. You know what he does now? Huh. Or at least at one point. He grew um, award-winning and prize-winning pumpkins. Really? Yeah, he's a pumpkin farmer. That is complete, you know, 
he's got to get back on track to make that faith no more church. Like that giant, those giant pumpkins. Yeah, yeah, that's what he, that's what he grows. Uh, he's won awards for. Surprised so. he didn't grow like grow like weed or something. Uh, he looks like he would grow weed, but yeah, pumpkins. He grows pumpkins. He grows pumpkins. Um, yeah, you know he's still rocking them glasses too. Oh, those red. I I wanted a pair of red rimmed glasses so fucking bad back then. Do you know what I got instead? Glow in the dark. Glow in the dark glasses. You got those last week. I did. So um, let's do a few uh, a a little bit of trivia here before we. But I'm wearing my nice ones today. Yes, you are. They look they look good. Look very dapper. The evil character from the future, D. Nomulus, is the writer and producer Ed Solomon's name spelled backwards. Oh, no shit. Yes. During the seance, you see Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, the creators and writers of Bill and Ted. They are the only men that are attending the seance. They also say, Ed and Chris rule the world backwards in their seance. That's like their... That's funny. That's a little Easter egg. Yeah. The guitar solo played before Kisses God Gave Rock and Roll to You is performed by guitar legend Steve Vai. The footage had already been shot, and the world premiere was a week away, and then he was asked to do it. So he contributed all kinds of music to the film, yeah, including the Reaper rap, which is featured on the end credits. Oh, he played, the, he played guitar on that? Yeah. Nice. Orion Pictures, which distributed this film, was on the verge of bankruptcy before Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was released. Uh, they were in the process of selling off the rights to several films in order to stay in business. Columbia was going to buy it, but they backed out. Because uh, they, they, they tried to offer them free, a free CD, or 12 free CDs if they bought one. Yes. And I, they turned them down. I still owe those fuckers money. Those fuckers don't owe any, they don't, nobody owes them money anymore. I don't think they're still around. Uh, they might be. It's gonna it's gonna pop up like one day and you go like when I go to buy a house or something. Yeah, you go Columbia House, thirteen dollars. Thirteen bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm we put a lean on my house. I actually, I got out of my Columbia House deal because they were like threatening threatening legal action for like twenty eight bucks or something. They were like, we will turn this over to court. Blah, blah. I'm like, for twenty eight fucking dollars. Uh, I wrote them a letter back because I had to write a letter because there was no email. Yeah. I wrote them a letter back and I said, well, you have entered into a a contractual agreement with a 13-year-old. I legally could not sign those documents. Therefore, anything you send me from this point on, I will consider a gift. And they sent one more CD and done. That CD that they sent, Kiss Unplugged. Actually wasn't a bad album. No, it really wasn't. So yeah, it was. uh, I, I got out of the Columbia House thing. But yeah, uh, Orion Pictures kept it because they, they, they decided to keep the That's film. That's probably why Columbia House isn't around anymore because their only clientele was 13-year-old kids. That could get out of the contract. Um, Orion, Orion ended up keeping the film because they had faith in it, and it ended up kind of saving them. It, and it did save them. Yeah. Sort of for a while. So Keanu Reeves, during the filming of this, collapsed his trailer and was hospitalized because he injured himself and got an infection in his arm. Oh, shit. Um, the, the, the mall that they used was the same mall where Doc Brown showed Marty time travel in Back to the Future. The, tw- the Twin Pines Mall? Well, they called it uh, the Building Emporium. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they got to make different names. So, wait. So, San Dimas is in the same town. It's the same town as where Marty McFly lived. Apparently. I don't know. I don't know. They're in the same universe, apparently. Yeah. This mall got bought out by somebody else and name changed. Well, that happens. Yeah. 
Um, so the uh, the ceiling of the future classroom where they were, where like J- James Martin shows up. Yeah, it was a set piece from Mom and Dad Save the World. Oh no shit! They the the guys that wrote this also wrote that movie and asked the studio to save that set. So they could use it. Well, one movie was really well done, and the other movie was terribly. The other movie was called Mom and Dad Save the World, and it sucked. <laughs> one was good, and the other one's Mom and, and Dad John Save Ritter. The World. I like John Ritter. Yeah, but it was a terrible movie. Um, so the Tillman Water Reclamation Plant in in Van Nuys, uh, California. Yeah, that's what represented Bill and Ted University. It was later used to uh, for other universities. Trauma High. Um, no, it was uh, actually in Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Voyager. So, they, it was reused. Nice. Um, good to know that, you know, that's the same time. I guess it would be the same time area. The evil robots arrived in the parking lot of Circle K. The same place where Bill and Ted met Rufus and themselves in the first movie. And if you look carefully, there is a, a burn oh, yeah, the on concrete. the ground yeah. where the first phone booth came in now the, the studio did not want to use the word hell so they changed the original title the uh, the mountain where Bill and Ted are killed by the evil robots so they're thrown off the cliffs yeah same mountain Captain Kirk climbed in Star Trek Arena yep they use that a lot dude yeah um and it's amazing how much how much stuff in space looks like Southern California it is it really is I think they even reference that in the movie. They might. Uh, they, yeah, they said, like, hell or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the original director declined to... That's uh, Stephen Herrick. He declined to direct the second film because he thought it was a parody of a movie that was already a parody. He thought it was too ridiculous. I mean, it was pretty ridiculous, but it was still a good movie. Yeah. Um... They originally were going to have Nomulus die in the end, and he was going to go to hell with the evil robots, and then they were going to be annoyed with him for eternity. They said he marries Missy. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did, yeah, Nomulus married to marry to wed Missy. Yeah. The original idea for the series was going to be more along the lines of the first. Yeah. Which was going to be an English class assignment where Bill and Ted would enter classic works of literature such as Romeo and Juliet, Crime and Punishment, and Tom Sawyer. I don't think that would have been as good. No, that would have been terrible. Oh, during the, uh, when they were um, facing their fears? Yeah. Ted, one of Ted's fears was also Colonel Oates. Oh, yeah, Colonel Oates showed up. Yeah, he showed up at one point. And he starts chasing down that, that narrow hallway. Yeah, and then all, all of them were chasing him. And, yep. Um, I, think, I think they yelled for death. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, death came and got him. So when, when the, the, the character said station... Station was a typo in the script, and they said it. And then they're like, oh, shit. We didn't mean to say that, but it works. Yeah. So what was it supposed to be? It doesn't say, but oh. it was just it was a typo. I don't know what it would what it would have been. Maybe some other weird name. Um, instead of Sir James Martin, they were going to have Sir Thomas Petty. Oh, no shit. Yeah, Tom Petty was going to be in this. That would have been cool. Uh, and Rufus was supposed to be a villain in the original draft. Huh. So he went bad, and it's just like he went bad. Yeah, he, he was supposed to have gone bad. This has been, you know, released on the, all the home media and everything. They had. Uh, I think it came out in theaters, didn't it? Yeah, this was in yeah. theaters. I saw this in the theater. 
Um, and great soundtrack again. But there is a lot of there's a soundtrack that is all the the orchestra score for this movie as well. Okay. And critical reception. Rotten Tomatoes gave it fifty six percent. Gave it a positive review of six out of ten. They, they said Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey has the same stars, cheerfully wacky sense of humor as its predecessor, but it's a far less effective combination the second time around. Metacritic though has it at sixty out of hundred. It has mixed or average reviews. That's not bad. No. 60 out of 100. Um, so, uh, Roger Ebert, surprisingly, gave this film three out of four stars. Wow. He said, it's the kind of movie where you start snickering in spite of yourself and actually end up admiring the originality that went into creating this hallucinatory slapstick movie. He must have been drunk this day. He didn't see or review the first film. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Um... The Chicago Tribune gave it three out of four star, three stars, and they said it's unusual for an Ingmar Bergman parody to show up in a teen comedy, and he said that it is a genuine pleasure. Now Gene Siskel gave it two and a half stars, but he said that the original film was better than the first, or that the second film was better than the first. I don't think so. I don't either. And Leonard Malton gave this two and a half stars, and uh, that was a half star better than he gave to Excellent Adventure. Oh, no shit. Nice. Variety Magazine said that it's it has a few triumphant moments, but not enough to sustain the pick's running time. Now, like we said before, this had a one-shot comic book adaptation. Um, they, in the, uh, in the excellent comic book that they had, the yeah. spinoff series, it ran for, for 12 issues, like we said. One story, Death Took a Vacation, so Bill and Ted had to go around and do Death's job. Uh, oh, I remember that. Uh, Bill and Ted got a band manager. Uh, Nomulus came back. And they had to attempt to stop John Wilkes Booth. So, comics, they, they had a little fun with comics. They had fun with the uh, the movies. They, as we, as we know now, which we're not really going to talk about, but it's way outside of our timeline because it only came out a couple years ago. Came out last year. Last year, yeah. Um, Bill and Ted face the music. Where like, I thought death. He had his whole his whole like death room. Yeah, it was all had all the bases hanging out. Yes. <laughs> so I mean the the he went on his solo tour. Yeah. The 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 face the music was was. I thought it was good. It was well done. I thought it was really good. Yeah. It was a good you know nostalgic. And it uh, turned out to be that the daughters were the ones who put everybody together. Yes. And made the created the ultimate. The Ultimate Universe, yeah, or, yeah, or helped help start it. Yeah, they were the parents and and uh, all that. Now we're gonna wrap up with this little bit of news that I have discovered on the Wikipedia. Uh oh. Shortly before they released Face the Music, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves discussed the possibility of a fourth film, and they said it's up to the fans. I think it'd be great. They want Billy and Thea to be in a sequel or a spinoff film. And the writer, Ed Solomon, said it it wasn't a possibility when we, they first were writing Face the Music. Yeah. But when they saw the actresses take on the roles of the daughters, they thought that there would be interest and that people would want to carry it forward in the Bill and Ted spirit. I think so. So they want to uh, try to let the those characters carry it forward. And they think that the uh, Bill and Ted story is done. But now there's daughters. But now the daughters could, could continue it on. 
if there is popular demand. Yeah. So if you guys want to see Billy and Thea continue this universe, make some noise about it. Yes. So I feel like Billy and Thea's excellent adventure. Yeah. Well, it'd have to be something you know like that fit this vibe. You yeah. Know, that's, that's probably gonna be what it is. Billy and Thea's rad vibe or something. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah, if you want to see it, make I don't think kids say rad anymore. But they really? Yeah. I'm not I, sure. I say rad. I say rad. That's rad. So they might. Is there anything else you want to say about Bill and Ted? I mean, we 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 went through a lot of it. I love these movies. Oh, so did I. All and three of them. The the first two really kind of uh, defined my my lingo back in the day. Yeah, mine too. You know, I uh, I, I used all the quotes. I, I did everything. So, um, you know, like the guitar, air guitar. Yeah, you know, we we did all that shit. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, and we do the air guitar. You go, ding, you know, still do that today. Yeah, I know. We still do all that stupid shit. So, anything else? No. Okay. Well, for the retro radio, it's Pop Culture Hour. I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time. See you back, Corey. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. Goodbye, Corey. Come see us at Grand Comic Fest, April 21st to 23rd, Grand Island, Nebraska. Check out our show notes. Check out our Facebook page for all the information. We'll see you. See you guys. I'm a waste of time